Hello, Sweat. I'm Jack Brady, and this is the Sweatcast, the weekly podcast that provides industry knowledge about the latest trends in the world of sport and fitness. Okay, welcome back to another week of the Sweatcast. I am your host, Jack Brady. Today with us, we have Go Sweat co-founder Alex Hind, and our special guest today is the president of the West London Wildcats, Chad Selinger. So, Chad, welcome to the podcast. Um, and how about you just start off by giving us a little bit of information about who you are and who the West London Wildcats are. Um, yeah, so firstly, thanks for, thanks for having us. Um, I'm a, an Australian living in, living in London, enjoying, enjoying some of the uh, um, luxuries of living in the UK. Yeah. Even though it's given that it's winter at the moment, it's probably not much of a luxury, but... Um, a lot of a lot of Australians move over here to be uh, close to Europe and get to enjoy enjoy the summer summer travels and that. So, so yeah, we're we're an Australian rules football football club. Um, we also have a, a a netball team netball club as well. We've got about eight um, eight teams of girls uh, playing around London, plus plus a football club where we've got. Three three men's teams and and one women's team. So um, the total the club the club size itself is probably around about around about three hundred and fifty people. So in a while. that's huge. Yeah, yeah, it's really big, big, big club. So so what exactly is Australian youth football? <laughs> if you were to explain it to someone who had no idea what it was, what what would you tell them? Where would you start? For for people that know that, that know Gaelic football, okay, it's it's the easiest way to describe it. But um, instead of using a round ball, we're using a noble shaped ball. Okay. Um, for people that don't know what Gaelic football is, it's probably a mixture between it's a mixture between uh, rugby, um, probably a bit of basketball in the way that we use use our hands in passing, and probably. A little bit of NFL, which is probably your background. So, yeah. it's 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 a very um, very unique sport. Very unique sport. So how did how did it come about? Because I played Gaelic football for a year when I was age eleven or so, and obviously the background, so that's pretty obvious. But I've got absolutely no idea how Australian rules came to be. So, uh, I've I've read uh, we've got a we've got a history book that sort of. <laughs> tells you a bit of the detail about how football was formed in London so um, it was actually in a pub somewhere in central London there was a few guys that got together 1989 they said you know you know there's there's plenty of Aussies over here why don't we try and form four teams which they did Um, those four teams I think back then were obviously us um, North London Lions um, the uh, Wandsworth Demons and I think it may have been like Wimbledon Hawks or some other team, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, long story short, four teams were were formed, and in 1990 they um, had their inaugural season. And since then, it's been what are we now? Twenty going on 28, 29 years. So, so the the sport itself has obviously grown dramatically since then. Um, in 2015, the league AFL London formed um, the first women's competition. Um, four four teams or four clubs put forward four women's teams and then since then uh, last year 2017 a second division was formed so now um, 
all of the eight clubs have have at least one one women's team, which is that's great. Massive yeah. for the sport. Women's football at the moment is obviously quite big because it's taken off in Australia. They started playing um, professionally or semi-professionally in 2016. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's obviously taken off. And the men's the men's competition as well. That's obviously just grown since yeah. since day one as well. So yeah. originally being you know one division, and now we've got three in the the premiership, conference, and and social. So we're able to cater for all players' abilities. So when you say premiership, what's the kind of the level compared to what you played in previously in Australia? So I, I played a bit of football. Um, um, I was, I'm obviously from Western Australia. Um, I played as, as high as um, a reserves grade in, in the waffle. Um, didn't play too many games. I was sort of in and out of the team, being injured and just being um, slow and unfit. So. <laughs> Um, but for um, to give you probably a guideline of, of where the league is at in regards to the premiership, we're probably sitting around a, a B or a C amateurs grade, which yeah. is probably it's probably about four or five grades below AFL. So it's it's a very it's, it's a very good competition for people that are coming over um, to London to play football. Um, but the way that the league's actually set up set up is. We're obviously trying to promote the sport in in the UK, and one of the things that the league's done is rather than just having all Australians in the Premiership side, there's concessions where each club has to field a number of rest of the worlds. That's great. And a number of Great Britain players as well. So, in the Premiership side, you have to field um, three, uh, have to have at least three Great Britain players on the field, and then four rest of the world players. So. Those rest of the world players can be Kiwis, which we have a lot of, um, Irish, they can be, we've had guys from Russia, um, South Africa, Canada, America, we've had people from all over the world play. So. That's very inclusive and progressive. Yeah. Because I've never heard of that in amateur sports teams before. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say, like, what does it take for someone to join the league? Do you have to be a certain age or do you have to have some level of experience or can anyone just kind of come in or how does it work? So we, we obviously, um, a big part of growing the sport is obviously recruiting recruiting non-Australians. Getting Australians to play football is, is easy, right? <laughs> yeah. it's, our, it's our national sport. It's, it's a sport that we all love. So, you know, for Australians coming over here to play football, it's easy. They just sort of speak to a few mates and they'll get... You know, push yeah. push in the right direction. Yeah. But for for um for non Australians, um, it's really probably just getting people to none to know. You know, there's a new sport, AFL. Have you heard about it? And then sort of just getting them down to training to start with. That's the first step. Um, we've had guys that have been um, first years starting when they were 16, 17 and they one of our guys, Louis Braxton, he's um, he's played the sport since since some of us would get started, and he's you know he plays in that Premiership side and he plays in a centre half back role, which is a, one of the one of the key position roles. So and he's a he's a he's a GB. So um, we've also then we've had other guys that have come down in their first year, but have had like a rugby background or have had a soccer background or. Um, and they are able to because they've been able to use their foot skills elsewhere. Picking up the sports quite easy yeah. for them, so they they again they slot straight into a premiership side and, and fill those 
um, concession spots to um, for the for the team. So yeah, because I've had similar experience. So I played a year of American football when I was at university, and once you got the basic rules, I had absolutely no idea what the rules were. But once you got the basic rules, um, having played rugby for too many years, I picked it up pretty quickly. Yeah, um, I was going to ask about. Um, you said the Aussie rules is the national sport of Australia. Yeah. What's the view when people transfer over from AFL to, to rugby? Because if I'm right saying, did Israel Folau, has he played in both? He has, yeah. Israel Folau played in both. And how do people view that when there is that transfer? Um, for, any, for any sporting fan, they're going to support it either way. So <laughs> for, a diehard, for a diehard rugby fan, they're going to be like, no, nah, you should be playing rugby. But um, he's not the only person either. Like, there's been other people that have done the... The, the transition as well um, at a professional level and you know they haven't been an A-grade AFL player but because of their um, because of their fitness um, capabilities and just their ability to pick up certain skills quite easily I mean any 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 sort of athlete can probably pick up any sort of sport yeah. pretty pretty quickly it's just I suppose the difference between being like a C-grader or an A-grade is the length of time that that person yeah. spends playing that sport, really. So, And the other question I have from your previous um, statement was, how do you encourage um, non-Australian people to come down and watch your kind of tactics? Have they really, really worked, or has it always been a bit of a... Well, without giving too much away. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, so really really what it is, is although, although the sport... Um, AFL is there. It's it's only really a small portion of what we're about. We play we play the sport on a Saturday more on a Saturday. Um, you know, games are played from um, sort of ten a.m. when the girls start, and we finish around about five thirty. So it's really only sort of six seven hours of, of playing sport. The games actually themselves only go for two hours. So really, when you consider it, you train twice a week and you play once. Then the rest of it's more about you know mateship, social function, which is probably the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, you know, end of season trips, pre-season trips, you know, trips away. So it's really more about, well, and one thing that we've obviously tried, tried to form is, is more of a family environment, especially for people that have come across from Australia. They haven't had, you know, they might, they might have come over with no friends at all. Yeah. You know, bang, slot in, you got 250. Yeah, you know, massive social, massive social, and you know the social events are obviously my favourite thing. I'm, I'm on my way out with football. I had had an ACL recon this year, which is, which wasn't which wasn't great, but um, it's one of those things with, with playing contact sports. Um, but you know it's, the social functions is a massive aspect to, to what we're about, and we've got you know, trips to Ascot. Um, we have boat cruises on the Thames. Um, at the end of the at the end of the year, we're all off to Greek islands. So I'm sure that all those sober trips. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I've seen. Uh, if I'm right, say the ones with demons have a drop in common. They do. Yeah, because yeah, I've seen them um, have various different games. It looks like a festival almost. There's so many people, especially in summer. Yeah. People everywhere. Lots of empty uh, cans of different liquids. <laughs> and just seems like people having a great time. Yeah. So the um. Obviously, Clapham Common's a great spot for, for AFL, being that um, a lot of Australians live there and it's so central as well. 
Um, the Wandsworth Demons have got a great spot down there. It's where the grand final was hosted this year. So I think they had... You know, Who won that? Um, the Demons actually won the, the Premiership side. We, were, we went out of straight sets this year, which was a bit of a shame. Didn't play well in the wet, so... <laughs> but yeah, the Demons, they took the award this year, so... Um, you know, hands, hands off to them, they did, they did well this year. Um, our women's team, they won the conference year. This was, this was their first year, they did extremely well. And our, our second side, our conference team, they won the grand final as well. So we come away with, with two, which was- Two out of three. Two out of three. Not bad, yeah. Good, so. kind of, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but when you think of fitness, and especially in January, everyone has their New Year's resolution where they start going to the gym or doing whatever, right? Yeah. And most of the time, come February, you know, 90% of those people are no longer doing whatever they set out to do. Yeah. So do you think being a part of a team and having that social aspect and that even accountability aspect of what you guys do, do you think that plays a role in retention and keeping people engaged and having fun um, and active? Yeah, definitely. Um, unless, unless you're a high achiever and you're, and you're self-motivating, you know, getting getting yourself down to the gym and just doing the same thing every time is just is really you know, one onerous, two boring, and, and not real fun. Um, unless you sort of like really like look at yourself and you and you're in good shape, but for most of us, we're probably not. So, but for 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 a team sport, um, you know, two you many things. You're doing things. You're getting fitness out of. Um, what you're doing for a couple of hours, you could be hungover, but um, <laughs> you won't be there anymore. <laughs> you won't be there anymore, exactly. So you'll be going through the same pain um, as as some of the others, um, but also you're also motivating others as well. So um, along with along with getting fit, you're also learning new skills. You know, you could be you could you could know everything in regards to football, but I guarantee you there'll be something else that someone might be able to teach you too. So you know, for the sport. It's, there's always there's always new things, and that's that's probably the thing that makes it such a unique sport. So, so what do people tend to do outside of training to get the fitness? Because I remember reading somewhere that the average centre, is that the right position? Yeah. Can run a half marathon in every game at professional level. Yeah, there's there's um, and at a at the top level, there's been some great sportsmen that have done some huge kilometres in, in games, like Shane Crawford. He's you know a, a, a um, Hawthorne legend in, in the AFL competition back in Australia. I think he's caught some crazy like 24 kilometres in, in a match, which is ridiculous. Um, that's that's it's probably been reduced these days because of the interchange rules that they have. So you know, some players are still getting up to sort of 18, 19 kilometres, which is which is massive. And that's that sort of running isn't like isn't a job. A yeah, lot of it's sort of high and high intensity sort of you know top speed running. So. Um, I can't remember what, what was the what, was what the kind of fitness to people or what kind of exercise. Oh, so our, yeah, so our outside of um, the actual training drills, a lot of people are either riding to work. Um, we try and get people together to sort of go for runs during the week as well, which is just you know, um, you know, if, that, if that's what you want to do, then you can sort of do it yourself. Um, and a lot of other people are sort of just going to the gym as well, keeping themselves fit. So, like, obviously it is. Um, it's not we're not playing for ships sheep stations over here, but it is we do still take it quite seriously. So <laughs> yeah. 
people especially this year we've got to win all three well yeah. that's that's obviously it that's obviously your aim we've got um, the three men's teams and the women's teams so to go four from four this year would be obviously our ultimate goal so so obviously this is a very physical sport what do you do to prepare your body for that physical contact and and also what do you do to help your body recover after a game let's say yeah so um preparation is probably there's probably nothing that can really prepare yourself for an actual actual game itself um during training and stuff like that we obviously sort of teach people the ways to tackle properly and and how to absorb um those tackles obviously through rugby you know your background you probably know that firsthand as well. So, um, you know, there's nothing that can that you can sort of do to prepare yourself for the heavy knocks, um, other than sort of getting your body warm, getting your body into shape, and sort of just being strong. And probably more so, especially through your core and your back, that's probably the most most important one. So that's where you're going to stand up when you're getting tackled. Um, but and then in, on the other on the flip side, at the end of at the end of the um, match. Obviously, not getting stuck into the beers too early. Yeah. Make sure that you stay hydrated after the game. Um, <laughs> How does that go? We try our best. But yeah. <laughs> Last ten, about ten minutes. Because <laughs> I know from when I played American football, I remember the warm process for that could sometimes be warm if you know two, three hours. Like far too long, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I okay, I'm trying to do a half an hour, fairly intense warm up. I think that's the best way. Yeah. But about two hours before the game, and then kind of. Half an hour before the game, we used to do this thing called the bull ring. And on the first game, we're all in a circle of, uh, there's probably about 50 of us because the teams are huge. Everyone kind of was like making these ooh, ooh noise. Yeah. And then one person would charge into the middle and then we'd just kind of look around and point. And our linebacker, who was probably one of the most aggressive people I've ever played this ball with, but great player, I'm fine off the field, but on the pitch, you didn't mess with him. He points at me and just ran head first and basically just head busted me. And I basically went flying because I had no idea what was about to happen. Yeah. So that kind of put me off American football style warm-ups because it was so kind of intense. Yeah, they've actually made, made that illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can't, uh, you're not allowed to do that anymore. They would call it, yeah, bull in a ring. And basically, um, one time someone got seriously hurt from it and they were just like okay you know what? we're gonna we're gonna cut this out this is because it doesn't it doesn't help you in literally any way <laughs> just adding to your bruises after the game yeah so because uh, yeah. in rugby we have pads and you hit the pads and that's fine that's gonna yeah. be a warm-up but you don't want to be you know full-blooded straight yeah, in exactly <laughs> we haven't luckily, luckily we don't do any sort of warm-ups like that so you can yeah sort of <laughs> <laughs> nothing that anyone has to worry about yeah <laughs> So if I'm someone who's sitting out there and who I'm thinking about, you know, trying something new or, or go, trying Aussie Rules football, what advice would you give to them? Um, maybe if they're nervous about, like, trying it out or don't really know enough about it. Um, the first, obviously, like anything, you just got to give it a go. Like, um, I guarantee you, everyone that we've had down there has never been disappointed, you know, um, we've never really had anyone that's come down and sort of said, oh, this, this is not for me. We've always been able to, you know, encourage them and, and help them through it. Um, you know, and gradually as well. It's not, one of the difficult things with anything is not being thrown in the deep end straight away. So, um, and because of the way that the league's set up, we've got different levels for different people as well. So we can cater for all, all kinds of abilities for people that are sort of just thinking about, um, 
you know, getting involved and, and getting started. So I'd just, for anyone that's sort of thinking about it, I'd just say, you know, get off your ass and, and get into it, really. Give so it a try. Give and it what's the shots. best way? Uh, do they just literally turn up and they're welcome to try it out? Anyone, anyone's welcome down. We've got our, our pre-season training at the moment um, every Sunday at, um, at 2 p.m. for the men's and 12.30 p.m. Um, for the women's at, at Lily Road in, in Hammersmith. Um, so anyone's welcome down to, to get started there. But the training will probably move um, around uh, end of Feb, sort of March, when we start looking at um, sort of moving our training to Tuesdays and Thursdays when there's more... More light. Um, more light. So <laughs> when the when the daylight saving chain or switches over, we we move our training schedule to Tuesday, Thursday, start the ante and prepare ourselves mm. for for some preseason trips. So the best way for people that are thinking about getting involved would be to um, either contact us via our Facebook page, Wrestling and Wildcats, or or our or by our website, which which they can send an email to us. So. Or through Goose Facts. Or throw Chris Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Only plugged it. <laughs> so, uh, switching gears a little bit, we're going to go into um, a rapid fire question and answer portion with you. And, and basically, some of these are going to be about um, sport and fitness, and some of them might not be. Just give your honest answer, and uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. So, first one is when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do to kind of bring yourself back in? Um, that's a deep start. Well, yeah. that is a deep start. <laughs> I know. Other than so obviously take a deep breath and not try and think about the worst things, but um, one thing that obviously is good to try and sort of clear your head is, is you know, do a bit of exercise, go for a run of some sort. It could be just going down to the gym and just um, bashing some pads, but that's one way, it's one way that I do it. Okay, cool. So another one is what's one unusual habit or absurd thing that you do that you love? <laughs> <laughs> um, unusual habit. This is a rapid fire question and I can't even think of it. Um, unusual habit. Doesn't even have to be related to I'm trying to work. I'm trying. Anything. That's just weird. And oh, I'll tell you what, it's not even unusual. It's just a really bad habit and my missus is probably going to laugh at this. <laughs> But I'm a, I'm a terrible snorer. I'm shocking. And uh, everyone that's probably listening will probably be pissing themselves laughing because um, you know, on, a, on a good night, I'll, I'll tear the house down. So. <laughs> yeah, on a coach trip back or something. There's been some shockers before, but yeah, probably the snoring probably would. <laughs> so. so what's one purchase that you made in the last year for less than a hundred pounds that has positively impacted your life? Mm. You know what? It's probably um, a cryovat ice, ice, ice tub. It's, um, it's basically just a water container where you put um, ice cold water into and it's just a, it was for my knee actually during my rehab. Um, and it just wraps around your knee yeah. and it sort of brings real cold cold water to your knee. Absolutely amazing. It cost me, I think it cost me 30 pounds. Oh wow. But during my rehab. How does it make it cold then? It's electric. So it's 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 all based on, um, the, the water uh, container has a hose and it goes to like a, um, a, a bladder yeah. that, that fills up. So obviously you put your cold water in and your ice box and stuff like that and then 
once you've got that in there and it's sort of sat for 10 minutes, you'd sort of lift it up higher than what the bladder is and that sort of drains into the into the bladder. Oh, so it's manual, you just literally put cold water in, yeah. that's great. Because I've, I've had one on my ankle before and that was like an ice compression, that was just like a big machine at a physio. They kind of plugged it in and it pumped kind of, I don't know how it did it, but it compressed and pumped cold walls around your foot. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's similar, very, very similar thing. So during my rehab, that was that was brilliant. That thing. Do you, I guess you probably use that a lot after games as well, so, like the next day or something. So um, I was I was icing probably you know five or six times a day while I was oh, while wow. I was off work. So you know being able to just have your leg up and, and use that was just was so good. rather than using bags of peas or yeah <laughs> or whatever you use, you know <laughs> they just get a bit mushy. So. Um, so that was really a really clean, um, easy way. Was that just from Amsterdam or somewhere? It was that I actually purchased it through the um, through the hospital that I got my surgery oh, through. Okay, so cool. that was good. So, uh, if you were going to give a book to someone as a gift, what book would that be and why? I've actually just um, actually just finished reading a, a book called um, Escaping the Nine to Five. Okay, who's that? How's that going for you? Um, I'm halfway through it, so... <laughs> no, I meant escaping, not really. Escaping. <laughs> I'm still in the 9 to 5, so it hasn't worked so far, but... Who's the author of that book? Um, I can't remember, but it was actually um, a New York bestseller. Okay, cool. So, can't remember the author of it, but um, sort of just get, tells you about all these people that have been able to escape the 9 to 5 and, um, and, and live off working four hours a week. I don't know how... I'd be pretty nice. I'm blown, I'm, I'm blown away. These are all people that have just got these... These masterminds, you know, these these entrepreneur thinking people that we only dream of. So, <laughs> from my experience, it's more kind of six till ten rather than nine to five. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I will ever escape it. So, <laughs> so last rapid fire question for you. Uh, it's a fun one. Um, if you could put anything on a billboard, what would it be and why? <laughs> you keep it clean or what answer to you? Yeah. Oh, words, picture. Actually, you know what? I've just I've just come back from I've just come back from Bali, and um and one of my mates he um he had a stumble and, and um chipped his tooth. He <laughs> face face planted, and I reckon a nice big billboard of me mate Mark <laughs> Murray with a big big cheesy smile with half his tooth missing would be absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I was I'm scared whenever I've heard that question. Um, so by the time I'm just scared that someone's going to say, um, will you marry me? And put up something like that. Yeah, right? That would be, I feel like that wouldn't go well. No. That's not a good way to ask someone to marry you. Terrible idea. So, um, do you have uh, any final thoughts for everybody out there that you guys want to uh, get out before we wrap things up? Um, not really. Obviously, I'm pretty excited to be involved with this new venture that you guys are, um, you guys are doing. So. Um, you know, super, super keen to sort of um, be involved with what you guys are doing. It's obviously a great thing. And for anyone that really is interested in, in getting involved in AFL in London, you know, don't be shy. There's there's a Facebook page, AFL London. That, um, no, no matter where you are in London or even in the UK or even Europe, you know, there's there's teams all around all around the world that are that are playing the sport. So just do some, do some, do some, um, you know, Google, Google searching and I'm sure you'll be able to find a You guys have a website as well? We do, yeah, um, www.westonandwildcats.com okay. um, is, our, is our website, so. Just don't turn over the four pack of Fosters. <laughs> <laughs>
That'll be highly encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so special thanks to Chad for being on today with us. Well, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to come out and talk with us, and I hope everyone enjoyed. Thanks very much. Thanks. That's it for the Sweatcast today. I'm Jack Brady. Hit that like or love button and remember to share this podcast. The Sweatcast is every Wednesday at 9 a.m. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Remember to keep sweating and see you next week.